and welcome. This is Social Studies, Voices from Across America. I'm Bill Wood in Los Angeles. And I'm Peter Goldsmith in North Carolina. That's You can't get more across America than that, can you, Peter? No, absolutely. Today we're going to finish a three-part look at can we ever reassemble a broken America? We've already looked at problems that reveal deep divisions in American culture, not just politics, but nearly we're approaching what it means to be an American, right, Peter? Yes, absolutely, Bill. And I think some of the things that we're going to suggest today will be at least avenues for uh, action. Uh, I'd like to have a call to action for today so people can say, well, I like what you're saying. How do I get involved and where can I get involved? And uh, we know the horrible events of the last few days, terrible another high school shooting in the state of Florida. And that, as tragic and terrible as it is, seems to have launched a tremendous voice of young people who, in my opinion, have been missing for years. They've done some pretty spectacular things. Let's get a little background. We've already looked at how we got here from the age of enlightenment in the 60s to the rise of the right movement and Christian right in the 70s and 80s to diminish national news media in the 80s and 90s because of deregulation and so forth to the 21st century internet that showed us that there are many people all over the world who think like we do, whatever we think and whatever bubble we live in. You know, one of the things that I think is really important, and you just brought up a terrific point, um, the struggle is always an international struggle. You know, what happens in one country normally happens in another country. We are, in my opinion, the greatest country in the world. Uh, we live in a republic that values life and values values. So how do we sit down and listen and who do we take our cues from? Let me give you just a quick quote, again, from Dr. King. As you can imagine, I'm a tremendous fan of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, every American, I think, should be. He says, quote, unquote, a nation that continues year after year to spend more money on military defense than on programs of social upliftment is approaching spiritual death. And I think, not to get into religion, but I think spiritually, we need a rebirth in this country where people respect and, if possible, even love one another, regardless of what party they vote for or what color, creed, religion, caste, whatever it may be they're, they're involved with. I think that is a tremendous step, very easy to say and very difficult to do, obviously. Let me add a non-spiritual warning that came from our, a former president, Dwight David Eisenhower, who told us to be careful of the military-industrial complex. And here we go. We're cutting taxes, which is the income for government, and we're raising the money that we're giving to the military, just what you're saying. Whenever we cut aid to people and build up military industrial complex, that's a, that's a warning. We were warned that in the 1950s, and here we are again at that same place. It seems like every year we build up one side and tear apart our social fabric. In each of our last two podcasts, we've emphasized personal involvement in taking back a government that's been hijacked by special interests. In a representative form of government, we find ourselves all but unrepresented 
by a government that wants its own interests fulfilled, ignoring the wishes of the people that government is supposed to represent. Former President uh, Barack Obama uh, did uh, more than an hour with uh, talk former talk show host David Letterman last month, and in that talk show, he talked about how it's important for people to get involved. And we're going to talk about young people that are getting involved in their own government finally. But this is something that former President Barack Obama mentioned to David Letterman last month. To ask ourselves questions, if we see cruelty, if we see inequalities, if we see injustice, why is that? Am I a part of this? Am I willing to do something about it? Are there sacrifices I'm willing to make to change it? Um, and, and that's not always easy, but it's necessary. That's, that's how progress is made. And, and that's why I always say that the way America has become more perfect, not perfect, but more perfect, typically has to do with ordinary people deciding, you know what, that's not right. Right. This is another cliche that I'm, I'm fond of invoking, which is nothing right in the world ever occurs without a fight. Or at least some discomfort. Yes. Because there's a reason, somebody's benefiting from the status quo. Yeah. You couldn't have it more more right than that, that somebody is benefiting, and we just talked about the military-industrial complex. It's more than just the military, the guys in the field, but it's uh, defense contractors and the politicians who represent the districts where those contractors are. So we are at a point where we need to take back our government, and that's not going to happen without some pain. And let me tell you what I heard this morning, actually, uh, driving in my car on NPR. Nine teenagers are now running for governor of Kansas. Oh, wow. Kansas does not have an age or residency requirement. Therefore, uh, these nine people have taken it into their own hands to run for governor of the state of Kansas. Now, another thing about these young people, the students uh, from Douglas High School, the, the terrible tragedy we just witnessed, have taken it to the government. They are leading a rally this morning in Tallahassee against guns for gun control. One of the speakers was not only eloquent, but emotional, saying, if we don't prepare for our tests, we fail them. If we don't prepare to take guns out of the hands of people, we'll fail a lot more people than that. So that's what these young people are doing. Now, to give you some idea of what's going on with these young folks, in the last midterm election, one out of every five people under the age of 30 voted. Prognosticators are now predicting that in the next midterm election, it could be as high as two out of every three. Wow. So people are fed up, people have had enough, and people are beginning to take back their country. I remember years ago, and you and I have spoken about this at other times, as a young man being in a lot of the protest marches in the 60s, it was thrilling to me to see older folks, Dr. Spock, the famous pediatrician, stands out on the front lines 
I don't know how old he was, but he seemed to me to be ancient at that time. He's probably my age when I am now. <laughs> but, uh, but it was important for me, and I think it's important for those of us who are in our age group, you know, 60 and above, to support these young folks and, and, and to be out there with them and to close the generation gap and say, you know what? We haven't been able to take guns out of people's hands. We've seen hundreds and hundreds of deaths if you young people have a better way, we'll jump on board. We're happy to go with you. There was a time when we were the age of the young people who are marshalling now that we got together and we did change something. Otherwise, America might still be in Vietnam, just like we're still in Korea. We we changed that. We got in the streets. There were a lot of people who lost their lives, who surrendered their freedom, who went to jail, but they did affect change. Uh, and that's part of the democratic process. It's almost like Bob Rule. That's sort of how President Trump got into office. He wasn't the majority of people, but the people who participated, he was the majority of people who participated in specific places, specific districts, and he was able to win the presidency, win the White House, when in effect, it was only, he won a lot of electoral votes with less than 70,000 votes in three states. But we did talk about the representative form of government being hijacked. And let's look at some specific numbers here. There are a lot of polls. There's a recent poll, I think, by ABC News and uh, the Washington Post that says that solid majorities of both gun owners and non-owners favor limiting access to guns for people with mental illnesses. That's almost 90 percent. And individuals who are on the federal no-fly list is 82 percent. We're not taking away guns. We're just saying that something needs to be done. This is more than eight out of 10. And in some categories in this poll, there was more than six out of 10. That's by far a majority of people who want some form of gun control in America. And Congress refuses to even take up the issue. And uh, in some ways, they won't even let the issue be studied. That has to change. That's been hijacked by uh, the uh, Congress and the NRA. You know, Bill, when I hear you say that, it's almost, if it isn't so tragic, it's almost laughable. We should keep guns out of the hands of people who have mental deficiencies. I mean, what are we going to do? Are we going to start a special driving lane for drunk drivers so they can drive in one lane and not otherwise? You know, no one should have a gun who is beset with mental problems, has a history of abuse, uh, has a history of drug and or alcohol abuse. Come on. Let's be logical. No one wants to take a gun out of the hands of an American citizen who is above the age of 18 and has a clean record and has a right to own a gun, period. It's like, okay, let's not go overboard on every single issue. We spoke about it in one of our other podcasts. Bigger is almost better. No, in a lot of cases, smaller is better. And grassroots movements. Movements that entail few people are often the harbinger of change in government. Smaller, more active groups, many working below the radar, 
are groups that really implement change by making the rest of us aware of what's going on. You know, we live in a world now of social media. Uh, You do, Bill. I don't. I'm a Luddite. But, uh, you know, it's easy to communicate with large numbers of people. And it's easy to inform people of what's going on more, more easily than it ever was and to allow them to find, if not solutions, at least ideas which lead to solutions. And I think that's what part of our call to action should be. If you are an American citizen listening to us, you have the ability to affect change. You can change the world overnight, but you can get involved with different things that can help. There are educational groups, there are gun groups, there are many, many of these things out there for us. And we need to start getting out of our comfort zone. It's very easy, especially when you get to be our age over 60, to relax into what you know. Oh, this is simple. This is my routine. This is not, you know, so I don't want to change this. Why make waves? You know what? Now is the time to really make waves because you've got a very precious commodity, which is time. Most of us have our homes paid for, our cars paid for, our children are long gone, probably making more money than we are, hopefully. And we are left with the ability to use our knowledge and our background to ferment change. And one of the things we need to do is really stand up and say, you know, I'm against this. I'm against whatever it is, gender discrepancy, ageism, guns, name it, it doesn't matter. But all of us in our heart, whether we are politically right or politically left, know exactly what's right and what's wrong. And we need to begin to act on it. There are other issues that the government has essentially been hijacked by, uh, the government has hijacked uh, what the public wants. For example, the abortion issue, uh, and that's very, very dangerous. But as of 2017, public support for legal abortion remains as high as it has been in two decades of polling. Currently, 57% say abortion should be legal in all or most cases, while 40% say it should be illegal in all or most cases. That's nearly six out of 10. That's reproductive rights for women. In fact, it's one of the litmus tests uh, in the conservative uh, mindset. It's one of the litmus tests for a judge on the Supreme Court is how will he vote perhaps in uh, Roe v. Wade. So these the public wants it. The government doesn't want to deal with it. And uh, finally, the other issue, again, this is not just about guns today. This is about the government being hijacked the 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 will of the people being hijacked by government this is it 80 to 90 percent of americans polled by the kaiser family foundation agree with the major provisions of the affordable health care act if you walk up to somebody and say are you in favor of obamacare they might say no because of the word obama but if you include uh, the provisions of the affordable health care act 80 to 90, eight to nine out of 10 people agree with the provisions of the act. And the government, what is it, the Congress almost 40 times tried to uh, repeal the act and uh, they hid some other things in the 
recent tax uh, reform act that changed what affordable health care is. So again, we see the will of the people in a representative form of government. They're supposed to represent our wishes. Since we all can't get in a room and raise our hands, we have to send representatives to Congress, and these representatives have put their own will ahead of the will of the people. And I was thinking a lot about this. You know, we all know of the uh the pay gap between men and women. I think the best state, I think, is New York State, where they get 87 percent. I'm not going to mention the worst state because we'll just leave that alone, but it's 73 percent there. Now, not only is that important money-wise, but I think it's really important about what it says to the way we think about women. In other words, if I'm doing the same job you are, and you're making 50 cents and I'm making 75 cents, or to be accurate, you're, you're a woman making 87 cents and I'm making a dollar, I'm looking down on you because I feel better than you. And one of the things that's really important here is we need to begin to include everyone in our, in our society. You know, I've been reading a wonderful, wonderful feminist writer and I'm going to quote her, even though she know, she doesn't know that I'm going to do this. Her name is Arlene Goldbard. And she says, I've heard it said that belonging sounds kind of soft, but to me, it's a knife that cuts straight to the heart of our collective challenge. How do we cultivate a society that embodies the right to belong, that offers full cultural citizenship, justice and love, equity and compassion, the right to feel at home in one's community, to feel safe in one's school? to belong. And I think those are some of the most important questions that we can answer, or at least for us today, go upon discussing, because I think that's the issue here. You know, an inclusive government means that these nine young kids in Kansas have a right to run for governor. Well, of course, you smirk and think, oh, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Why? Why? You know? We've had uh, several presidents in this uh, republic of ours who were, you know, everyone laughed at them first. Let's start with Ronald Reagan and and leave it at there. Uh, But we also have to talk about minority and gender, because those are things that we don't talk about very often. And believe me, they're at the core of most of our problems. You spoke about President Obama, and I'm going to go out on the limb and say to you that many people disliked President Obama because of the color of his skin. Really? Now, I'll get some blowback on that, but I'll say it. (laughs) Those are things that we need to bring up and we need to discuss and we need to be honest and open about it. There's no way for us to build a, a government and build a society that's not equitable to everyone unless we express our feelings about these things. And unless we realize that we do not, as human beings, have the right to demand less of someone because of their age or color or religion, uh, we cannot do those kinds of things and expect to have a society that works. The same with gun control. We cannot show young kids, and you and I are both broadcasters, we have been for too long, and we know that we would never censor things, but... And here's the but, we need to self-center stuff as, as broadcasters, you know, showing tremendously violent films all the time and, and television programs and first-person shooter games, uh, video games, and letting kids watch this without a counterbalance is dangerous material. It's very dangerous. If there's a counterbalance, if, if 
you know, parental guidance enters into it. Okay, perhaps that that's okay. But these are things that we need to stop pansying around with and get out and bring into the open and discuss openly because those are the problems plaguing our country or some of them. You know that you've you've touched on something there. I know what people that are listening to us think that we're all on one side of this, but our experience in media allows us to look back and say the media has dropped the ball. They've stumbled, fumbled, and kicked it. And I I remember something, this was maybe two years ago, um, a, a newspaper in my hometown in, in Ohio, 16-year-old girl, some kids came over to her house from school, they called her out, she panicked, got a gun, and shot somebody. And I think the the person uh, died. Okay, so that and there was a time when a 16 year old was considered a child, and uh, you wouldn't run her name or her picture in a newspaper or on television. But this newspaper not only ran the girl's picture, her name, put her picture next to the story, put her address and a picture of her house next to the story and let's say that that is just the zealousness of one person but that went up on a wednesday and it stayed up on saturday when uh, i looked at it again to see if some cooler heads might have prevailed so the responsibility of media uh, we have we have abdicated a lot of our own responsibility for whatever reason and let's not go into that because that's a rabbit hole but the media is at fault for some things that have been done irresponsibly and allowed people to look at us with a different eye and we have deserved that we need to have a strong media to t- balance what's happening in government we could say that uh, the will of the people has been hijacked by the uh, government we could say the the government has hijacked the media so that nobody can follow what they're doing. I think that is a danger uh, to democracy, and that's something that needs to be addressed at some point, maybe not now, but at some point as we go forward. I want to take this back to what can I do, meaning I, the listener, what can I do? Well, here are some very simple things that, that you can do. Number one, we have a midterm election coming up in order for us. And let me just preface that by saying uh, it was once said uh, back in the 19th century that there were only two countries in the world who could achieve revolution through the ballot box, the United States and Great Britain. The person who wrote those words was Karl Marx. So so now. This election is of paramount importance. The teenagers know it because they're gearing up to vote. They're gearing up not just to vote, but they're letting their voices be heard. And uh, that's happening now uh, as we go forward. Excuse me, Peter. Go ahead. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Look, uh, of course, citizens in the street is one of the best things about the country that we live in. In other countries, you'd be shot down. Here, we're allowed to vent. Here, we can go on the streets. Here, we can speak our voice. Well, if you live here, then do that. Take advantage of your civil rights because those are your rights. 
That is terrific to get the word out. But for me, I think the most important thing right now that you can do is vote. Find out who's running where you live. Find out what they stand for. Find out who they are, what their records are, and vote for them. If you want to get rid of a government which you don't like, that's the way to do it. Vote them out of office, number one. Number two, uh, and here comes the pitch, uh, on our website, ignitedlife.com, which you're probably hearing this on, we have a list of organizations and we have a resource uh, list of other organizations that you can get involved in. Uh, These are as varied as, oh, the Red Cross, uh, some political things. Uh, Our politics, we try to keep as middle of the road as we can. Sometimes we lean one way or the other, depending on who it is who's writing or speaking. But basically, we're we're not trying to say these guys are bad and those guys are good. What we're trying to say is we have an injustice here that we need to fix. So we have a lot of stuff on the website for you. You can go on the website, go to in service, and uh, you'll find oh Rob Pascal, one of our one of our fearless leaders, uh, is a writer, and he's probably knowing Rob, he's probably got 150 of them up there at least because he's extremely competent in that kind of stuff. So uh, you know, those are things that you can do today. Those are things that you can do right now. You can go online and see who's running. What do they stand for? Forget what party they're in. What do they stand for? What's their record? What do they say? What do they bring to the table uh, that, that you want to be brought to the table? And number two, go further and look at some of these uh, organizations and do not be afraid to be involved in a grassroots cause that starts out with 11 people. You know, we look at the mountain and the mountain is so big and, you know, when we go back to the old Chinese saying, every long journey starts with a step. You know, we got to start banding together. Maybe we follow the leads of these young people who are running for office and are going to rallies and are taking it to people. You told me before we started talking that, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about walking out of school in many places, Los Angeles, where you live, being one of them. So this is happening. And let's make sure that it happens constructively. Yes, don't get caught up in the uh, party politics. Don't believe that all Republicans are right. Don't believe that all Democrats are wrong or vice versa. Get involved, get involved and learn something of what's going on. We're almost finished here, but there's a quote that I want to read. Right before you read it, I'll give you one of my quotes from the great American philosopher Chuck D and his partner Flava Flav. Don't believe the hype. And don't, you know, we're, we're ed- well-educated, smart people. We've been around a long time. You know what's true and you know what's a lot of baloney. So these are things that we really need to pay attention to and get involved with. The more you get involved, the more passionate you are about things. The more your life succeeds, the better the rest of society is. There's something that I heard on a show, um, The Damnation, a season finale, heard it last month. It was at a, a, you know, an incredible show. It means nothing to any anything, but there was this one comment that it's fairly long, but uh, let's buy into it here. It says America is a land of outlaws, out and outcasts, bitches and sons of bitches, wanderers and scoundrels, 
bastards, sinners, and frauds. An incredible thing. But when you think that the pilgrims that we look up to were people who couldn't take the rules of order where they were and came here and started something, and then they uh, wrote a document that left out half the people when they didn't allow women to participate. But I go on. Always has been, and I believe we're all the better for it. But there are powerful interests out there who are banking on all of you being well-behaved and quiet and easily ruled. In fact, they're betting their entire fortunes on it. But I can tell you that no one is coming to save you. The government's not coming to save you. We've probably figured that out by now. Science and technology is not coming to save you. Celebrities aren't coming to save you. Businessmen aren't coming to save you. Not even religion will save you. So it's up to us and God. It's up to us to come together as God's body here on earth. We're fighting for the soul of this country, and we cannot win without all of us together on one side. I thought that was incredible when I heard it. I rolled it back and I transcribed it. It's going to be up to us to take our government back. It's been hijacked by government interests, special interests, a representative form of government no longer is working at, in this period right now. We've illustrated in this podcast that the people think one way and government is trying to do another. We need to take it back. Peter's already illustrated some things that we could do, but the most important thing you could do is get involved. So let's end it at that. I'm Bill Wood. I'm Peter Goldsmith. Take care of each other. Respect each other. Peace. Peace. Thank you.